What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Body Live Team. Was hype pockets of all time. Today, I got my first Olympic gold medalist. How are you today, Ralph? It's Ralph. I'm doing. Yeah. How do you say I'm trying to dub? How do you say your name? <laughs> it's D Quebec. Yeah. D Quebec. Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I was trying to get that right, but like I just didn't know it's like different variations. So, Ralph, I'll just call you Ralph for now. But how are you today, Ralph? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing pretty good for myself. So, Ralph, how about you tell a little, little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, what you do, you know, like, go ahead. Um, so, currently, I'm a member on the men's national sled hockey team. Um, we won a gold medal in 2018 in uh, Pyeongchang, Korea. We won the world's championship in 2019. Um, getting ready to set the stage for 2022 in Beijing, China. Um, currently, I work with the We Are All One Story co-founder, and then, you know, we travel the country and listen to other people's stories, and we share them on our platforms. Um, retired Marine as well. Um, spent 14 years in the, in the, in the, in the Marines and, um, you know, retired as a gunnery sergeant. Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of like myself in a little gist. Definitely. definitely. Yes, yeah, so and you started off as a Marine and then is then did you get into sledding or what happened yeah so you know I grew up in LA so I grew up in a pretty rough area and you know lack of opportunities and and stuff like that you know gang violence uh -huh. um, but early on early on as I was growing up like I just knew that that life wasn't for me um, I had lost an uncle really young and um you know when all his gangbanger friends would hang come over hang over the house you know once he was gone like they didn't come around anymore and they weren't family anymore so i kind of knew yeah. that wasn't the way that i wanted to go you know what i mean yeah and and so i kind of identified with uh started playing sports started playing tackle football uh -huh. um and kind of just identified that same kind of feeling of family and camaraderie with the guys around my team definitely um and so you know Definitely got to experience teamwork the way I'd envisioned it, um, you know, the, the same way, you know, setting a goal and, and setting myself, um, you know, below that, like, you know, the, the first thing that comes first is the mission, you know what I mean? And so I got my taste in that when I was, you know, playing football and then I joined the Marines at a really young age. I was 19 years old and, you know, it's 9-11, I just happened. And so like, it kind of made me go back to that mode where, you know, make something bigger than myself, yeah. be a part of a team, you know, the camaraderie, the brotherhood and all that. And you kind of just made me feel like I was like at home. Definitely, definitely. What, so you said you're from LA, like how did, because LA is like pretty hot, like the weather is good and stuff. So like where where did sledding come into? Like, did it start coming to like after the Marines? Was it while you're in LA? Because you said you played football. So where did that come into? Because, you know, LA is like, it's like 70 degrees. It's amazing weather. You know what I mean? And like slams for like Colorado. Like what, what made you get into that being from like California? You know, honestly, you know, I had just got injured. Um, like I said, I got injured as a, as, a, as a Marine in Afghanistan. And um, one of the recovery sports that they had was sled hockey. Oh. And so I had already had tried like a wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, swimming, skiing, um, you name it. I pretty much tried everything. And then one of my friends came by and he said, hey, man, you look pretty athletic. You should try sled hockey. And I looked at him in his face and I was like, Kevin. I'm from LA. We don't do those kind of things. Like <laughs> we play football, basketball, and baseball. That's it. Like definitely. And um, you know, he just kept harassing, harassing, harassing. <laughs> and finally, I was I was married at the time, and so my wife finally told him he was like, "Hey, uh," she was like, "You just got to go practice." So this guy would just leave us alone. And you know, I got out there. 
Um, was a little bit apprehensive at first. I didn't, it was something new, something hard. Um, never had been on the ice like that before. Didn't even know the rules of hockey. And so, um, you know, after a couple of times getting through, like I was like, hey, I'm getting the hang of this. I can kind of start, you know, doing this. And, you know, eventually it was, a, it came to a point where I was in um, Russia, the team at that time when Russia, they won a gold medal in 2014. And it was like 2015 when I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. That's so 2018 was, you know, was my chance. Definitely. So it took that one guy to like, just get you, like convince you to do it. You tried it out. And then like, I'm assuming you like retired from the Marines and then you just like went to hockey and I mean, sled hockey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, and that's all it really took is somebody to take me out of my comfort zone and expose me to something that I had never experienced. And, um, you know, once I had experienced it, it kind of made me feel like I was back on home because I was on another team and I was experiencing more camaraderie. Um, we were setting all, we were all setting goals to, you know, become good hockey players and, Definitely. and, and we all cared about each other at the same time. And we were going through a difficult time in our life and that was recovery. You know, we all experienced some traumatic events. And what's crazy is that, you know, like, um, you know, Noah Grove, who's on that team and Josh Mashevitz, who was on that team, you know, we went through the recovery process um, at Walter Reed, you know, we played hockey together at the same time and you know be able to experience that with them that's just pretty crazy definitely definitely what do you think like made you go like next level because like not anyone can just like go to the like went to olympics and so like what would you say made you go like what do you think separated you like made you go next level quick because a lot of people to go to like, the the winter olympics i'm assuming right that's what it was right um, right, right, yeah right. how like people spend their whole lives preparing for that i'm assuming like you didn't uh, like prepare your whole life, right? Like you got into it like after an injury. So what do you think made you get to that? Like were there some attributes you had that like separated yourself, especially because you started, you started pretty late, I'm assuming, right? You know, I was 30 years old, you know, and a lot of the stuff that led up to me making the national team, you know, derives from my childhood. It derives from, um, you know, my history in the Marines and, you know, it was always something that was bigger than myself. And so, you know, one of the biggest factors was somebody told me that I wasn't going to be able to do it. You know what I mean? She, she was a Paralympic um, recruiter. She was like, you know, she was out there to spot talent or whatnot. She wanted me to be a biathlon or biathlon, you know, ski for a distance and shoot some things and, and then ski some more and then shoot some more things and then ski some more and then shoot some things. And I just, it didn't appease me. But the fact that she had told me I was 30 years, 30 years old at the time, she was like, bro, she was like, don't even think about it. You're already too old. This is a team uh, sport. It's highly competitive. She was like, you're better off just trying this and, and letting me make you into a Paralympian. And I was like, that's, that's honestly what I needed to hear at that time. And so, um, you know, with that happening and then, you know, Rico Roman, who's on the team now, who's my teammate now, one of my closer friends, um, he was already up there in age too. So I had seen him and he had just won a gold medal and he was 30 three or something like that and I was like man if he could do it I can do it Definitely. and you know that's kind of the mentality that I came from you know from LA you know like I said we didn't have a whole lot of opportunities and so you kind of develop this work ethic and I just knew that I had to get to work and that I was going to be the hardest worker in the room and that I was going to soak up um, all the information that I could as, as a sponge and then get around people that were a lot better than me at hockey because you know you don't get to the top by being the best you know you got to surround yourself with the guys that are better than you so that you can learn from them and so um you know i had moved from dc to um 
Denver, Colorado, because three three of the national team guys are living out here, and that's what I intended to do. You know, just surround myself with the best, compete with the best, and then you know try to try to wiggle my way into finding where I can find myself on this team. Definitely, definitely, I, I feel what you mean, bro. Yeah, like I'm assuming that guy was like one of your inspirations. Like, what that woman said, like, while you're like talent recruiting, like use that as motivation. So that's something really good. You know what I mean? To have definitely like you said you said you got that from like LA where it was like tough you had no opportunity like did it come from like you saw this opportunity so you just grabbed it took advantage of everything you had well yeah so I mean that's that's kind of like been my mentality since you know my childhood is that if there's something that I really like and something that I really want to do I'm going to give it 110 percent and hopefully the people that I surround myself with you know they help me to get there and I help them to get there as well and I think you know I I learned that ultimately being in the Marines um, because in, in, in a situation when you're in a team, it's a matter of life and death. You know what I mean? Like For sure. when your job is a bomb disposal technician and you're, you're there to disarm IEDs, you know, at any given point in time, you can die. And then your brother's going to have to come and save your life. Um, and so, you know, you kind of learn, you kind of, I, I, that's why I learned the importance of like teamwork and trust and, and, and um, you know, definitely making something bigger than myself. And, and, um, you know, it, it kind of, it, it, it's in my DNA and I couldn't do it. I couldn't have done it any different if I could put it any other way. I couldn't have done it any different. So, um, and it's all like, if you look back to my story and you see, you know, my football career and then you see, you know, my, the career in the Marines and now you see my sled hockey career like it's all it all runs parallel to each other and I think I've just been able to wiggle my way into finding out you know what really feeds my soul and it's usually just um you know fighting for something that's bigger than myself and then having a good team around me for sure for sure what do you think as like I, I love your message about it like you know what do you think is like the champion's mindset? Like what, what do you think is like a championship mindset as a team, as an individual? You know what I mean? Because you know, you've obviously won once like, yeah. what do you think it is? Like tell us your definition of it. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's really hard to it's really hard to just simplify it into one one term or one phrase or even quotes or whatnot. Um, but you know, to to simply put it, like I remember walking out of the doors when we, when I was on the, in the team rooms, when I was in the EOD, and we would have on the door, "Don't suck, do your job." You know, it came down to that, just being that simple, like "Don't suck and do your job." Like there's nothing more that you had to do, up and over. Just be good at your job. And so, um, I come from the school of, you know, if better is possible, then good is not good enough. And so, um, I think that's that's the championship mindset is that knowing that there's every day that you can get better and that you don't always have the, the ultimate answer at the end of the day. And that there's always the room room for improvement. Definitely. Definitely. I feel what you mean. Like there's always room for improvement. There's always like room to get better. Even if you're like, I think a lot of people went to like at the top of the world, they like they won the championship. Right. Then wait, Ralph, do you hear me? You're frozen on my screen. Do you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just like your screen so just making sure you can hear me. Yeah. I feel like a lot of oh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. I think I was talking about a lot of people like once they're at the top of the world, like once they're like a champion or whatever, a lot of times they just like they slack off and stuff. You know I mean, so definitely like you gotta I feel what you mean, like, gotta keep trying to get better, keep trying to get up there. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and you know, you, I have to incorporate my team. Like that's part of the championship mindset is that, you know, um, you have to have a good team around you. Even if you're in like a single sport, like say you're an individual performer, like you still have a team of like, you know, trainers and you have Agents, your, your, yeah. your support group and you have, you have all these people, like all those people are my family is my team. So when I say team first, like, you know, that's my family. Um, that's my faith. And that's my hockey, you know, my hockey career, everybody that, that is affiliated with that in what, whatsoever passion, you know, the kid that I see at the rink, um, when I go to the, when I go practice, he's just as important to me as anything else. Cause he sees me and he sees that there's something like something possible, um, from something traumatic and he sees it on the ice and it's beautiful to him and it's beautiful to me. So, um, yeah, it's the team, the team aspect for me is, is, is championship mindset. 100%. Definitely, definitely. What you mean? Do you ever plan on maybe doing something else besides maybe hockey? Because you, you know, you like you switch. You went from like army. Like you know, first you start off like playing football. Then you went to the army. Then you went to like hockey. You know what I mean? Those like pretty like different things. Like, do you like plan on like doing something else from now on? Do you have any future plans? You know what I mean? No, I mean after I'm done with uh, this, like you know, I'm playing hockey now. Uh, my future plan to be is 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 to kind of create an environment for people that were like me, um, and and provide them um, the funds to whatever it is they need to achieve their dreams. So, um, you know, for me, for instance, for me to get where I am, a lot of people had helped me. And so I want to create a foundation that does that for kids that are trying to do the same things that I was trying to do. And then, you know, we just fund them to do that. So that's my, um, that's my plan after hockey. And it kind of makes me excited because it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like I get to stay in the same space. Um, I get to use the same contacts. I get to be in the same realm, but I, I get to use my influence and help other people. I think that's what, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. For sure. For sure. Is that organ like, is, okay. So, What's it called? We are all one story. Is that what it's called? Like, is that the organization? Like, did you find the like? Explain a little bit about like you're a part of it. I'm assuming, right? No. So you know, so interesting enough, you know, I win a gold medal and I get on a media tour and I start telling my story to people. But you know, after a while, you know, it kind of just became, you know, a broken record almost. You know what I mean? And so I kind of lost the value of my own story. And so at at one point in time, my brother and myself were you know, going through some things together and, and he had created this concept and, and I was in love with it because I wanted to share my story, but I didn't want it to share be shared on a pedestal. Like I wanted it to be shared just as everyone else's story was shared. And so, um, you know, he asked me some questions that were, that were super difficult. I had been married. My wife had never asked the questions. Uh, my mom found out some things about me that, that, that she had never known. And so it was a very powerful thing that we, that we were trying to create. And we just knew that we had to be honest and vulnerable um, within our stories. And so that's exactly what that was. Um, and, you know, so we've been in a year into that project and, and we've shared, you know, upwards to 30, 35 stories on our platform, you know, across Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram, TikTok now. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what we've been doing, but the, the project that I want to do is going to be more for, you know, at-risk kids, um, uh, with disabilities, you know, like say, you know, there's a kid that's in Denver, lost his leg in a car accident and he wants to, 
you know, become a sled hockey player? Like what, what has to happen for that kid in order to, to get that? You know what I mean? I want to be able to facilitate, Hey, this person here is located in Denver. You need to reach out. You need a mentor. This person here is for you. Oh, by the way, you need X amount of dollars to buy a custom sled. We'll provide you with the sled. You need a trainer. We can provide you with the trainer as well. Like we are, we'll, we are willing to do whatever it takes for you to help you to achieve your dream, but you just have to be able to be willing and to put in the work. And so, um, you know, that, that foundation is very going to be very work driven and very character driven. Definitely. Yeah. Um, moving, moving, like uh, moving along from me, like, do you feel like, cause you said you went, you got, you started sledding from like an injury, right? Right. So I got blown up in Afghanistan in 2012. Ah, you just like, so oh, you got like, you got injured and then you started hockey. And then I started playing hockey. It was one of the, it's, it's the coolest disabled sport. I'm a little biased now, but I mean, it's the coolest uh, disabled sport out there. And I got into it a year after my injury. So um, that's how I got exposed to hockey. Definitely. definitely. Do you believe personally, like I'm just wondering, cause this is, this is up for um, interpretation for different people. Do you believe that was a blessing in disguise or no? Cause like it leads, it leads you to um, a, like a sport where you like want to go medal. You know, you got a lot of things from like, it's something like only people right. can dream of going to the Olympics. Like, are you one of those people right. that believes that like, it's great? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, I, I mean, I'll tell you this right now, as I'm going through it, as I went through it, it uh-huh. definitely didn't feel like that. You know what I mean? I went through some of the darkest times in my life because I kept pointing the finger, like, why is this happening to me? And, and, um, and, you know, like I thought I was, I was this, I was that, how could this ever happen to me? And so I, I went through some pretty dark times until I realized that, yeah, this is a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? Like, even as a kid, my dreams were to become a professional athlete. Definitely. At the end of the day, you know, as a kid sitting on the stoop, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Well, I went through high school as, as a football player, didn't make it to college. Uh, so in, in my mind, it's like God said, hey, you want to be a professional athlete? Well, you didn't make it this way. Um, you can do it this way, though. And then, you know, opened up the doors to, to do the things that I actually wanted to do in life. And that was to be a professional athlete and help at-risk kids. So I, I kind of, you know, this is really what my dream is, was. Definitely. And I'm getting to live it right now. And I get the second opportunity to do it. So it's definitely a blessing in disguise. I, I view me, my, I view myself right now living on, on, um, on bonus time. You know what I mean? Like I was blowing up. I should be dead. I'm not. And so it's up to me right now Love to make playing. the most of my time that I have. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Cause like, I know a lot of people see it in different ways. Like I know you like, you got hurt, you know, your legs got like, you know, and then after that, I think it's like, it definitely the most inspiring thing is like, you know, you weren't sulking, you weren't like, yo, like, my life's over, but the best part, like, I respect the most out of you, Ralph, is, like, you took advantage, like, you did a sport where you don't need legs, and you excelled at it, you know what I mean, instead of making excuses, do you think that mentality came from, like, you being from LA, like, a rough neighborhood, like, what do you think? I think it does, you know, And and I say, like, I don't, oh, man, you know, when I talk to other kids that are that come from rough areas, like I try to tell them that their adversity and the things they can't go through on a daily basis is going to eventually be the, the strongest character trait they have is that ability that to come over adversity. Um, and and I think I learned that at a very young age, like when something was not up to uh, what I wanted, let's figure it out. Let's make it up to uh, 
exactly what we want. And so, yeah, I had, I experienced a traumatic event, lost my legs, uh-huh. you know, sitting in a hospital bed thinking like, what the F, what am I going to do now? But at the end of the day, it just comes down to having to sit down and figure it out. And, um, and, you know, for me, it was, you know, just trusting in God and then letting him and figuring it out that way that kind of opened it up all for me. For sure. Yeah. Like I've said before, it was definitely like, it was definitely like God's plan. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, it's personally, if you believe in God or not, but it's like, it's destiny. Like, you know what I mean? Like this happened and then, you know, like you took the best out of like poor situation, you took advantage of it, you know? So that's the, that's like definitely the best thing. What do you think? What was like in hockey? And it comes down. To- yeah, keep going. You're good. My bad. I don't want to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. You're fine. No, no, I was, I was saying a question, but no, you I, lost, I lost my thought. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's no, I fine. lost my thought. Now you're good. You're good. My bad, bro. <laughs> definitely in. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. So in you say you, it's called sled hockey, right? Can you explain like the sport a little bit? Because like. It's a little bit like there's hockey and sled dogs. Like I kind of know what it is. Like I've seen it because I did a little bit of research on it. But yep. do I explain a little bit what it is? Like the people who don't know as much a little bit because you know it's a combination of two sports. Like, can you explain that? Or? For sure, it's the uh, it's the Paralympic it's the Paralympic version of hockey. So we play on the same sheet of ice. Uh, the goals are the same size. We pretty much use the same equipment except for. Instead of standing up in two skates, we sit down in a bucket that has blades on it. Uh-huh. And then we're strapped into that and we sit on those. And then, you know, we move our hips to like turn and, and, and slow down and whatnot. And then we have two hockey sticks in our one in our left hand, one in our right hand. And at the bottom of the sticks, there's these picks. And so we like strike the ice to propel ourselves. And then we have a left stick and a right stick. And then we have the puck. And then we can maneuver the puck left and right with either stick. Um, The rules are pretty much all the same. Like there's contact. Um, Like I said, it's the same size. The equipment's the same. Uh, You can hit. Um, It's like I said, it's one of the funniest, funniest things I've ever done in my life. It looks really fun for sure. Yep. Definitely. Like sliding with the ice and stuff. Yeah. I mean. And, you know, shooting the puck, passing the puck, scoring, hitting. Um, it looks, you know, just the, it looks hard. <laughs> yeah, it's mentally, it's definitely mentally ta- uh, challenging. And I think that's the biggest thing that attracts me to it is that it it is. It's like playing a game of puzzles, but except you're going at a really fast pace. For sure, for sure. I, I mean, I know I said this before a little bit, but I kind of want to elaborate the question. So you said after hockey, what did you want to do? You said most likely, like you just want to like retire or like, what is it? Yeah, so just retire. I really want to just retire. You know, I, I'm not going to ever stop playing hockey. I think I'll be one of the guys that is like 60 <laughs> years old, just going out there and still playing, you know what I mean? Um, Definitely. But, you know, once I'm done with playing at, at being a, you know, professional athlete, once I'm done with all that, like I think, you know, my time would be to be focused on this organization. Um, and then, like I said, you know, I've already got my feet wet. I talk to kids on a daily basis. Um, you know, I'm at the rinks. I know what's going on. And, uh-huh. you know, I just, I don't want to leave that. You know what I mean? Like, and so when I'm done playing hockey for the national team, like I still want to be involved with that. And I still, um, I, I'll still have a network. And I still know that people are going to want to be out there wanting to win gold medals. And I just want to help them do that. For sure. But with like correlation of that question, like that, I should have asked this before this came up again. Um, have you ever thought of playing any other like Paralympic sports, maybe like basketball? Like, can you know what wheelchair basketball is? Because you said you played that at like a younger age, also, right? 
Like, yeah. have you ever thought so, of maybe going there too? Because you can play those for sure. You just like you know, you grew up playing it. Like it's there. Like, have you ever thought of me playing sports like those, or is hockey like your love? Yeah, you know what I mean, the the hockey is the one, man. Like when you get to this level, you, pretty much your time is all spent into this. And like for for instance, for me, I didn't grow up playing the sport, so I'm constantly learning new techniques and tactics and stuff like that. Um, and so it's it's kind of like my baby right now. But definitely, um, I, yeah. like I said, if 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 and when I step away from the, the sport, you know, I love skiing. Um, cool. I love skiing and I love shooting. And so like, if, if those two can come back together, that's fine. But um, I'm just enjoying what we're doing right now, man. Like I love my teammates. I love, I love the goal that we have at hand. Cool. And I love waking up every day training and going to go skate. And um, I couldn't imagine a day where it's like, man, I got to hang this up. You know, I'm, so I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep riding this wave until, until I can definitely yeah do you like how how does how does your daily routine go because like this is something this is something like i actually want to ask like it, it's pretty interesting because a lot of like especially like high level like olympic players they have a completely different schedule than like you know a nine to five like how does it go like i'm just i'm just genuinely curious about that because i'm sure it's different than everyone else's you know what i mean being an olympic right but, yeah you know for me like personally like i like to keep myself mentally physically and spiritually challenged so i try to challenge myself in those aspects throughout the day uh-huh. And so waking up, like I wake, when I wake up, I, I first start off reading my Bible, you know, um, the verse of the day and then dive into that a little bit. And then um, I like to, you know, look at the stock market. So I'll spend a little bit of time in the stock market, you know, just looking at numbers for some reason, numbers do it for me. So I'll just, it's like a puzzle. And then, you know, my trainer shows up at, in my apartment and we go train for about an hour and 20 minutes. I spend about 20, 30 minutes on mobility. And then we do some like very explosive uh training and that usually goes from like anywhere from like eight uh-huh. um, we're usually done by like 10 30. um you know eat real quick because you know you got to recover you got to get sure. keep feel throughout the day so eat real quick and then i'm usually on the ice from 11 to 1. um and then spend the two hours on the ice again eat i'm a little bit older so sometimes i take a nap but then the rest of the day really is used for like personal development. Like I said, I, I did everything that I needed to do as far as the work day for hockey, which was physic, physical activity, explosive workouts, and then getting on the ice. And so the other things that I like to do is, you know, I like to watch hockey, um, a lot of hockey, whether it's sled hockey, old sled hockey, sled you, you, you hockey, NHL hockey. I, I watch a lot of, I'm, I'm oh. a nerd, man. <laughs> I really like breaking stuff down to that aspect. Um, and then the other things that I like to do is, you know, since I, since I don't, since hockey is my job, once I knock those two things out of the day, you know, my day is done by two thirty, technically. Technically, my day is done by two thirty, and the rest of the day is up to me whatever I want to do with it. So sure. that's either reading, photography, playing the guitar, um, going out, shooting more pucks. Like even that's the 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 best thing about being playing hockey is that if I want to do extra work it's considered my hobby. You know what I mean? So it's like, not that I'm going out back to work. Um, and so that's kind of been my thing, you know, make time for family or whatnot. Um, always keeping myself challenged though. I think, you know, once I, whenever I find that rut and the routine becomes too much of a routine, like it kind of gets stale and I kind of get bored and then I kind of fall off the wagon. So um, I always got to keep stimulating and keep changing things. Definitely, for sure. One question I got is this. So, like, I'm assuming you and your teammates, like, do y'all live far away from each other across the country? How does that work? Because, like, I'm assuming y'all need to do team practices too, right? But, like, 
again, you're like the, the, the Paralympics, like how often is it? Like every four years or every two years or how often is it? Yeah, so the Paralympics run every four years. Um, the athletes come from all over the country. Like um, uh-huh. they're the, we're the best at our sport and we're all over the country. So it's going to be hard yeah. to find, you know, one in, you know, so many in one state. However, Nashville right now has a lot of the guys on the team there um, just because they, they're trying to create that training environment. So I think they have like six or seven guys in Nashville. we got some guys in Massachusetts, uh-huh. um, uh, St. Louis, Portland. Um, I'm the guy in Denver um new jersey you know so we're, we're spread all over the all over the place but we do get together once a month especially you know now with covid and and getting our season um solidified we're gonna meet up for the first time from march 24th through the 28th and then we'll meet again in april for another four or five days and then they'll pick the national team from the guys they have right now and then We'll have two more camps and then we'll head to the Czech Republic for the world's competition in, in uh, 2021. That's crazy. Yeah. So you know, meeting each other like every month, like that's, that's gotta be a lot. Like, like, I don't know, like a whole team flying out just to see each other. Like definitely. And the thing is like, I'll lose, I'll lose. Okay. Like this is, this is like relative to only like Olympic sports because every four years, is there ever like a loss of motivation? It's like, bro, we got like two years to prepare. Like, you know what I mean? It's never been any of that. I'm just wondering because, you know, know, to tell you the truth, like it's hard. You know what I mean? Like coronavirus was extremely hard on, um, on, on the mental psyche. You know what I mean? Like, especially because last year we were in the middle of our season, you know, we're leaving Canada as we're getting on the plane. It's March 14th, I believe, or March 13th or 14th. And as we're getting on the plane, you know, they're like, the manager of Dan is like, Hey man, these, this is the last time we're going to meet together. And we're like, everybody's like, Whoa, what the heck? Like what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then we get home and then the very following day, they're like, Hey, coronavirus breaks out. Um, we're sure. going into lockdown and we're like, dang, like what happens now? Right. Definitely. So at that, at that point in time, you know, I reverted back to my military training. All right. Uh-huh. I knew that when this came, when this time, when Corona came around that people were not going to, really know what to do with their time i was in the military my brother was in prison right yeah so we kind of knew how to utilize our time when we had so much of it and so i just told myself i was like ralph this is the opportunity you have right now to get two times better everyone else because if you work right now and they aren't that's going to give you the, the two times the advantage and so i went to work immediately and just um you know try to get better and better and better and better and better throughout the coronavirus um but with that being said, you said, did it get difficult trying to stay motivated? Just imagine them telling you, hey, your season tryouts are going to be August, right? Oh, yeah. Boom, you got your peak date, right? Yeah. It's- Boom, you're training, 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 training. Here comes your peak date. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, we're going to kick this back three months. So you're you like, do three months more. See, I would take a little break. Yeah, I'd take a little break, you know, uh, let my body recover and then boom, get after it again. They'd be like, Okay, now it's October. Boom, October comes, not happening. Like, damn. And then so we got it in January. It happened in January. They canceled that one. And so now February comes around and we're like, I'm like, man, Uh, (laughs) what is the deal? You know, and that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the beauty of the job. And it's also the curse in the job is that, you know, at any given time, if you, if you represent the United States of America, when someone calls you, you have to be ready. 
whether you're it's the Marines, the whole country, or, yeah. yeah, whether it's the Marines <laughs> or whether it's it's the freaking hockey team, they're like, hey, you got to get, you better be ready. You know what I mean? And I think that that just helped me take that approach. And so even with the lack of motivation, I have great teammates that we we push each other and and um yeah, man, like it's a beautiful thing. Definitely, bro. Like that's gotta be like tough. Like, especially like it's it's like I'm assuming it was also like tough getting access to things and stuff. And then like it was a pandemic, you couldn't meet your teammates, you didn't even know if like there would be like this, like you don't know what's happening. Like it's probably gonna be one of like the toughest things, especially with covid and stuff yeah. and like plus it's every four years right like you're like yo what is like i'm I, you might have thought this then like you probably don't like you probably don't think this now but like probably like back then you might have thought yo what if the whole like olympics gets canceled they're like all this work for nothing you know what i mean so yeah that was definitely a lot of work but like that, that, that was me man when i when yeah. i saw when i when i uh when they pushed back the the japan the japan paralympics um, I felt it for the guys, man. I was like, dang, like the, they were supposed to have theirs last year, right? And they got pushed back to this year. I'm like, man, these guys worked four years trying to make it. And now all of a sudden, coronavirus just wiped them out. I'm like, <laughs> man, like, how, what would that feel like? Like, I couldn't imagine that. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. And like, going back to that point where you made of like, during COVID, you like trained your hardest. Like, that's something like, I know a lot of people like during COVID didn't like, they didn't take it seriously, did it nothing. Like, did like some NBA players that, like, I remember one dude, he went into the bubble and he was like, Bro, I haven't touched a basketball in three months. Like, like you say, it comes back to your mentality of like making the best out of the worst situation. You know what I mean? I feel like it comes back to that. Would you say so? Every well, situation, yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, you know, like, um, uh, how, how would I say this so it doesn't come off like a extreme? You can say it. When you're training for, for combat, right? Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I just when you're training for combat, right? We would always have this when you got late. When there was a time that you got lazy, right? And you were like, say you were in a, uh, uh, you were training up for combat, and you were in a training package, and you were about to leave, and you got lazy. One of your homies in your team, in your squad, in your platoon would tell you the Taliban is training, right? <laughs> to remind you that. Yeah. You just because you're not training doesn't mean your enemy is not training. That that's right? a good point. That's actually and that has always stuck with me. That always stuck with me. You know what I mean? And so when you take it from that that gravity, right? The Marines, that's uh -huh. life and death. That means oh, someone yeah. is waking up to really try to kill you. Kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're waking up to try to kill you. So that's an extreme. That's super extreme. Right now, yeah. <laughs> as a hockey player, as a hockey player, I look at it the same way. Like there's a Canadian that is waking up every day trying to make me cry come Beijing. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. that's his mission yeah. is to win a gold medal. My mission is to win a gold medal. Mm -hmm. And there's only one, like someone has to lose. And so yeah. that same mentality, you know, when Corona comes around, it's like, hey, I don't have time to slack off during coronavirus. Why? Because I know Tyler McGregor's waking his ass up and he's going to go train. You know what I mean? Oh, that's all. Really and I think I thank the Marines for that. Cause they put that like mentality where it's like, yo, like these dudes are training. Like if like they're training to like, yeah. and, I mean, like you said, extreme cases, like, I don't want to say they're training to like, take you out. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and you don't train, like they're trying to get better at that. So I'd say like, that's a, that's a really good, yeah. would you, would and you they just lost and they just lost, Dave. Yeah. They, lo and wait. they just lost. So if you just yeah. lose, aren't you working up even harder? Aren't you going even harder? So that's even, there's that's even that aspect of it i mean because i know when i experience my losses 
I'm oh. coming back with more piss and vinegar. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like I'm coming back with more of a vengeance. Definitely. So I have to take that into account for them as well. Now I know they're going harder. So guess what? Now I got to go even harder. So what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially like, yeah, with the whole mm-hmm. Taliban thing, like there are a lot of, you know, they, they have like a extreme motivation, like to do things extreme. like, especially after they lose, like with, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm around from the areas. So like, I know how it works. Like, it's, it's crazy. They, they like, they take extremist ideas. Like they're already really angry. And then yeah. they want to train even harder when like, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's like, I see where that came idea, like idea came from, like they're extremists and you, know, you got to go more extreme than that. You know what I mean? And you, ha- and you have to, I mean, and that's, yeah. that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day, especially when it comes to like what I believe in, in achieving your dreams and your goals is that you have to imagine that whatever goal or dream that you have, you have to imagine how many other people have that same goal. Oh dream. yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how I had to look at it when I wanted to be a member of the national team. I said, Hey, there's 17 slots in the team. How many guys try out? How many guys can actually make the team um, and break it down to that? Okay. Now who's out there? Who's competing? What are they doing to compete? What are the guys that are already there doing? How, what else do I need to be doing in order to get myself into that position? And um, sure. I think sometimes people, when, when some people are pursuing their dreams and goals, they kind of just put the blinders on and they kind of see it how they see it, but they uh-huh. don't realize all the movement, all the moving pieces that are going on around them. Um, and and they kind of get passed by a little bit, you know what I mean? So definitely. Yeah. Like I feel what you mean. Like a lot of people, they realize like, yo, I'm doing good for it today, but they don't realize it's, they don't realize it's other people like trying to do like trying to like you know defeat them or do better than them yeah. you know what i mean it's always like yeah. someone like is is like have you had that mentality your whole life there's always someone working harder than you so you got to work harder than them yeah you know and i think you know my parents did a really good job of doing that raising me with that you know they i was just telling my um i was telling my friends today that you know my mom used to tell me there's always someone bigger and better out there than you and um and that just gave me a respect overall for everything you know what i mean and, and a respect for myself if, uh, for first and foremost is it was for myself um and that was the kind of like the dog eat dog kind of mentality you know what i mean like there's an opportunity for x amount of kids to make it out of here and the only ones that make it out are the ones that work the hardest and so that was instilled in me at a very young age definitely definitely for sure um but ralph i think we went over just about everything in this podcast it was definitely this is definitely one of my favorite ones you know what i mean like it's it's definitely like awesome hearing from you because like you know you have a lot of things going on you got like olympics marines like you have a lot of stories and stuff you know a lot of like wise words definitely we heard some yeah for sure so yeah thanks for coming on the podcast bro it was awesome for sure dude for sure man i appreciate uh you having me on here no problem, anytime, anytime. Anyways, guys, if you want a really good energy drink, make sure you check my sponsor, Broke Energy. Use my code BigBody122 for 10% off. That is BigBody122 for 10% off. Anyways, guys, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.